0: You can turn with me and your copy of God's Word to Genesis and chapter 3. Genesis and chapter 3. We begin a series today on suffering. You also are going through that in your uh, Sunday school Bible study time and in your quarterlies and for the next uh, six weeks. And so I would encourage you again to... uh, Be in Sunday school, get a quarterly, talk to Brother Steve or myself or Daniel about that, and uh, get on that list of those so we can know that uh, you're studying along with us. And uh, may the Lord speak to us and comfort us and grow us as we speak about suffering for the next few weeks. The death of a child, war, school or church shootings. A doctor's diagnosis, mental anguish, natural disasters, an accident, a crash. These tragedies and many more others bring intense suffering into our lives. And these sufferings leave us begging for mercy, relief, and also escape. Suffering shakes us to the core of our being, and when it does, to the core, we must go for help and answers. We, we desire to find some answers and some meaning in our pain, some purpose for it, if you will. And to have a biblical worldview, you must go to the Bible and to the event where suffering entered. Because when chaos begins, we've got to have our feet on the solid rock of Jesus Christ. If we don't, we're always on the shifting sand and trying to find our footing in the midst of the chaos. And so today we turn to where suffering began in Genesis 3. At the beginning of the chapter, we see the entrance of the old serpent having a conversation with Eve. And he deceived Eve, and she partook of the fruit that was forbidden, the only one that was forbidden from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And then Adam also would partake of that fruit with Eve and then we also see in the beginning of chapter 3 that, or in the middle of chapter 3, that the Lord God would come walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and Eve are now hiding themselves. They realize that they are naked, and they're trying to cover themselves with leaves. The Lord God has a conversation with Adam and Eve about what they had done. It says in verse 13, Then the Lord God said to the woman, What is this you have done? And the woman said, The serpent deceived me and I ate. And then we see in 14 and 15 how God cursed the serpent and gave the first prophecy of the new covenant of Jesus Christ in verse 15 where he says, He shall bruise your head. Who is he? The seed of the woman, which would be Jesus Christ. And you shall bruise his heel. And that word bruise uh, can mean boot or to for a snake to hiss at his heel. But this Redeemer will crush your head. And then in verse 16 where our text begins today, we read of what God speaks to the woman and the man. The consequences of their sin. And if you will, if you're physically able, would you stand with me as we read from God's Word today? Genesis 3 and verse 16, and to the woman he said, I will surely multiply your pain in childbearing. In pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be contrary to your husband, but he shall rule over you. And to Adam, he said, because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree of which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. Look what it said. Cursed is the ground because of you. So the earth becomes cursed. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the plants of the field by the sweat of your face. You shall eat bread till you return to the ground, and here we see death also entering. For out of it you were taken, for you are dust, and to dust you shall return. May God bless the reading of His Word today. Thank you, and you may be seated. Father, today as we look into Your Word, speak to us, Heavenly Father, in our suffering. And today, Lord, through this message, if you would use this very feeble messenger and help us, Lord, to have our feet firmly planted upon the rock of Jesus Christ. We ask these things in His name and for His sake. Amen. In thinking about suffering... uh, We get many different views on suffering in the world we live in. Atheists will say that your luck or your pain is just chance. No real rhyme or reason. Uh, We look to pop culture, we don't receive much help either. We receive inspirational uh, sayings, memes, cliches. We hear songs, uh, movies with a lot of talk about your destiny, and you can do it, and there's a lion inside of you. I don't know if that's ever been said, but it sounds corny enough that I'm sure it's been used. And they talk of spirituality. They talk of a generic faith. But you know what? Even in pop culture, with all of these things, they still suffer. And by the way, they don't even live many times by their own advice. And you know what? They die too. And many times tragically, just as we do, or much more so. But even more saddening is when some people in their suffering turn to the, look at my air quotes, so-called church, and they're told things like, this is your best life now. That was a number one selling book a few years ago in Christian circles. Other things they hear when you turn on so called Christian television is you're entitled to health and you're entitled to wealth and you're entitled to prosperity. And another one, if you ever stay up late watching T V on certain channels, you'll see try the miracle spring water. These are people in the midnight hours suffering hurting, lonely. And they turn to these people who claim that they have the answers for them. Those that claim they have the anointing from God to touch and heal. And by the way, it's been said before, and I'll say it again, when those who claim they have uh, that touch, it's amazing. You don't see them going into hospitals or children's hospitals. Christ would have. The apostles did. Eventually, the people that turn to these people for hope and help, they, they are left feeling empty after time goes on. They left, they're left feeling guilty that their faith uh, must not be strong enough. And they're told that by some of these so-called faith healers. Well, it's your faith because the power's in me. They feel less than other Christians since they still suffer. Or even worse, we have a lot of people today that are bitter towards the church and mad because they don't think God cares. And then uh, you have people that say, well, I don't believe in God because my suffering still exists. But you know, you want to know why why suffering is painful is because mankind was not originally created to suffer. We see in the beginning of Genesis that God created and all things were good. All things were good. He was pleased by them. There was no evil in them. And then as we read in chapter 3 of the deception of Eve and the willful sin of Adam to taste of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and you remember this conversation between uh, the serpent and Eve. And the serpent said, basically in my Waco terminology, God doesn't want you to eat from that because He's afraid you'll be like Him. And so what happened when they ate the fruit, this was high treason against the most holy and righteous God. This was a decision, listen, to live independently from their Creator who had given them life. This was doubting God and doubting God's goodness, to think that God was holding out on them. And so when sin entered, the curse of sin ushered in suffering. We read that in chapter 3. Not only that, it ushered in death that we all now experience. And that sin, that original sin, was then passed to all mankind and as we saw, even all of creation. And so we now experience suffering in three ways. We experience suffering externally by circumstances around us. We experience Suffering internally in our mind and our body, we experience suffering spiritually. Being separated from our Creator. And I want to say, though I don't know nor anyone knows all of the specific whys of what we're going through, this is the why of suffering. It's the core of it, it's the beginning. This is why we suffer what we are suffering today. It began here. We suffer also, not only externally, but internally and spiritually. And no one is immune to it. No one. The rich, the poor, the middle class, any race, Christian or unbeliever. No one is immune to the effect of what happened that day in the garden. And so for a few moments, I want to talk about how suffering should cause us to look at two things. The first thing that suffering should take us to, and to have a biblical worldview, is that we see the depth of man's sin. The depth of your sin, my sin. The depth of what Adam and Eve did that day. The depth of sin. That we all are now born into sin in a sinful world. Affected by the curse that causes suffering. Now, let me say this. This doesn't mean that all your suffering that you're going through is because you have done something specifically wrong to bring that suffering. But simply again, we suffer because we are living under the curse of sin, which brings suffering to us in many different ways. So I'm not saying today that if you are suffering, that God is punishing you for a specific sin. Although there are consequences to our specific sins, no doubt. But I'm saying that is the world that we live in, a cursed world. We live in cursed bodies, if you will. We are sinners in a cursed world, and the wages of sin is death, the Bible teaches us. And we must come to terms with this reality. That might be a simple theology for many of you that have been raised in that, but I promise you... A lot of the world, especially here in America, does not want to come to terms with this reality in their suffering. And they still hope in many other things external from the sufficiency of God's Word to relieve them. And man's efforts, your efforts and my efforts, cannot undo this Curse. I do not have the power to undo this curse. You do not have the power to undo this curse. Man can't undo this curse. Well, except one man. The God-man, Jesus Christ. You see, we are fallen beings in a fallen world, but beloved, we're not fatalists. Because in Christ, we have a future. And so first, our suffering should point us to the depth of mankind's sin. But secondly, our suffering, hopefully today, will point us to the one man that can bring about a change in this curse, and that is Jesus Christ. And it should point us to the cross of Calvary. And it should point us to the empty tomb, the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is the answer. Our great hope in the time of suffering is anchored in the saving work of Jesus Christ. Our only hope is in the grace of God through the giving of His only Son. And Jesus not only came into our suffering and walked with us in it for a time of some 33 years, but Jesus Christ suffered Himself, bearing our sins on the cross, conquering death, and there reversing the curse of sin and suffering. And all who look to Christ and the cross, believing in Jesus and His redeeming work, receiving by faith the grace that has been given, has hope even in the midst of your suffering. Now we have that hope. Now we experience grace even in the midst of our suffering. And also in the fact that one day, one glorious day, it will be totally removed. Suffering and the Christian will be separated one glorious day. It will be separated from those that have received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. I want to tell you, this isn't our best life now. If this is your best life now, then you're going to spend eternity in hell. But our best life is yet to come through Jesus Christ. And our hope is in that. In Romans 8, verses 18 through 25, the Apostle Paul says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. With patience, our best life is yet to come. Jesus Christ has come to walk with us in suffering and to suffer for us, to break the curse upon the earth and our bodies, to redeem us. But beloved, Satan wants you to ignore these fundamental truths or to abandon your trust in Christ and the gospel. To be quite blunt with you, listen to me this morning. Satan wants you to suffer with him in hell forever. Because he knows that's what's happening to him. And he wants you there. And if he can't steal your soul, if you're a born-again believer, he cannot steal your soul, but since he can't steal the soul of a Christian, he wants to rob you of your hope. And he wants to rob you of your joy that yes, we can have hope and joy even in the midst of suffering. So what do we do? We come to Christ today and find grace in our suffering. We'll continue to speak about this in the weeks to come. But two things I close this morning with is for you who have never received Jesus Christ and His grace, receiving Him as Savior and Lord, I would say don't live another day without Jesus. Don't live another day without Jesus. And to the child of God, I say this, Do not doubt His grace in your suffering. But believe today that He loves you just as much in your suffering as He does in times of your happiness. He does. And He is very aware of what you're going through and He hears your prayers. Do not think for a moment that God is holding out on you. And be deceived like Eve was in the garden. Father, we give this time to You. May Your Holy Spirit be free to work in this place. Bind Satan from our midst, Lord, that we may feel free to speak to You and to come to You for our help and our aid. God, steal our attention away from the things of this world that mean nothing. And help us, Lord, to focus solely upon you and your salvation and love. In Christ's name, amen.